0: Welcome, listeners. Welcome, listeners. You're listening to Deeds in the Desert, the place where real estate investors tune in for the latest news and available investments at Ignite Funding. If you're on the hunt for a low-effort passive income stream, then turn up that volume and pull out the hammock as we get ready to feed you your weekly dose of Real Estate Investing Insights.
1: Today, Misty Bethany and Carrie Cook are joined by Lance Howard, president and founder of Howard Financial. So welcome everybody. Let's get this episode started. Lance, thank you for joining us today. Just wanted to talk to you a little bit about what it is you do and how you partner with your clients with Ignite. So I'm going to start with asking what exactly is an RIA?
2: There are two types of advisors, a registered investment advisor and a stockbroker. I think the really the main difference is how we get paid. Uh, uh, We work on a a, as an RIA, I work on an assets under management fee only basis. We do not charge commissions on product transactions. And that's in the brokerage world, you get that extra piece, you get that extra expense of commissions on product transactions. So it really brings um, a dichotomy of people, people really don't know how much they're being charged. And that's where we get into a lot of the problems that people think about us, you know, are we expensive? Are we, you know, what's going on? How much are we being charged? It's, It's not really clear unless you're working with an RIA. As an RIA, it's super clear because we have to state it, we have to put it in writing, and we have to give it to our clients. And that's the only charge that we ever have.
1: Yeah, no guesswork there, right? Correct. So you talked a little bit about, you know, an advantage in, in maybe transparency in a fee structure, but why would there, why would investors consider working with RIAs to manage their portfolios?
2: Well I think the biggest thing is our goals are clearly aligned with the client. Our client wants their money to grow and we get paid more if we grow our money, our clients' money. We're not going to make more money by chart changing where where they are, what investment they're in. They're going to make more money by having a larger balance and we want to help them create that larger balance because that's how we get paid.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's always important that your interests are aligned with clients.
2: Yes, I think they appreciate that. Once they understand that, you can just see how it just kind of makes them relax a little bit and and take in more information.
3: What does that typical client experience look like um, when when they come to you? Like how, how do you get that alignment?
2: Uh, you know, by creating uh, a a comfortable place to be, um, by communicating with your client and and really kind of developing a relationship. Uh, if I don't have a relationship with my client, it's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. If they're sitting back with their arms folded and closed <laughs> off, you know, that's they're not they're not ready to talk. Yeah, they're not, they're not ready. ready to open up, mm-hmm. and they're certainly not ready to let you work with their money. Yeah, so you have to develop a relationship. You have to, in essence, kind of get those arms uncrossed and get them open to talking to you. And we just do that by having casual conversation by, um, you know, family stuff. Uh, we, mm-hmm. There's all kinds of stuff around our office, pictures of our kids and, you know, and of our clients. And we actually call our clients our client family. Yeah, so when they start hearing us refer to our clients that way sometimes they start feeling a little left out and think well i want to be part of that
1: yeah absolutely yeah and you're making a huge impact for their family so mm-hmm. that makes complete sense
2: and that's how we do everything we we do it on a family trial basis uh, i wouldn't do anything for another family unless i was willing to do it for my family mm-hmm. so most of our most of uh, the stuff that we do has either been guinea pigged on us ourselves might our own stuff, or mm-hmm. my mom, my mm-hmm. grandparents, you know, aunts, uncles, um, we, we always guinea pig our own family on it before we take it to one of our clients.
3: So would you say that an RIA takes less risk in that, with that approach?
2: I definitely think that we take less risk. As a matter of fact, that's kind of our approach is a safety approach uh, we work with a lot of people who are in or at retirement and their risk tolerances are changing they may not know it yet but mm-hmm. their risk tolerances are changing and once yeah. they start having conversations with us they we, we talk about that and so that sure. they can get comfortable with it
3: mm-hmm. it's okay
2: we all, it happens to everybody nobody's immune <laughs>
3: Yeah. Well, one thing I know is people don't like to talk about their money, right? They either, you know, have a lot or or feel like they don't have enough. And so, you know, kind of understanding that baseline of where they're at to be able to elevate them to a level where they're, they feel like you're going to get them to that comfort level, I think is really when those arms come uncrossed um, and you start to probably really have some real conversations with the clients at that point. Um, I, I would say from, from an RIA's perspective and correct me if I'm wrong, that, you know, there's a couple people in our life that we, you know, have to tell everything to. And in order for you to be able to do your job, the best way that you know, how you need all the pieces, uh, not just some of the pieces to be able to help them through that process. So I have to ask another question. Sorry, Misty. I have a few no. questions. I, I just kind of want to know, um, When it comes to working with an individual or a family, are you also helping them kind of develop their long-term plan, if you will, or end-of-life plan uh, at the same time?
2: Yes, we are. And we learn more and more about that all the time on their willingness or what's important in their minds. So it's really an age thing. I have found that when you work with somebody who's 65, a new retiree their whole focus really is income. If you take take a left turn and start talking about who's going to get their money when they pass away, (laughs) they're not ready to talk about that yet. They're not thinking that. Mm
1: -hmm. They're thinking,
2: I've got 20, 30 years in retirement and that's what I want to enjoy. And I want to focus my energies on on learning how to make my money last that 20, 30 years, which is a very difficult prospect. It is it never used to be like that.
3: Yeah, yep, absolutely. All right, I figured as much. I figured there was definitely some connectivity happening um, from from the the macro and the micro level. Um, well, and
2: you would be shocked to see how they change too, because we hold annual reviews with all of our clients, mm-hmm. and when they come in and they now that same sixty five year old who's down the road ten years. They're much more comfortable in retirement. They've learned how to live off a different type of income mm-hmm. because before they were living off of income that they, they get a paycheck every two weeks. Yeah, It may be mostly gone by the end of the next two week mm-hmm. period, but then they have that next check. So they, they've learned how to live within that system for a long period of time. And now we're asking them to get used to a different system where you're not going to get a paycheck every two weeks. Yeah. And so how do you, how do you help them become comfortable? And mm-hmm. so that, that kind of that 10 year process from 65 to 75, um, it really helps them get comfortable with it. And then you'd be surprised when you bring up the conversation about where's how, do, where do you want your money to go when you pass away? Mm-hmm. Now they're ready to talk about it yeah. because they can see that they can see that they are spending money. However, they haven't run out of money and everything's <laughs> going to be okay now. They, yeah, they, they're yeah. kind of convinced, okay, everything's going to be okay. I can start looking now at the the next step and where do I want my money to go? How do I want to keep it? Everyone wants to keep it away from Uncle Sam. Yeah. So if we can use uh, you know charities and family and keep the money going where we want it to go as opposed to taxes then I think it makes people very, very happy. And they're much more willing to talk about that once they they get comfortable with their income in retirement.
3: Yeah, well, I think that solidifies the fact that uh, there is a strong relationship or bond that is created between the client and an RIA.
2: Absolutely. I I think that for most of my clients, I truly treat them like they are my family and I think they feel the same way. I think they feel mm-hmm. like we are family to them. I certainly, I certainly get that, uh, you know, when things happen in our lives and we get, you know, we send out cards and letters for everything, right? Somebody mm-hmm. has a birthday, somebody has a, gets married or, you know, somebody passes away. We send out cards for just about everything, but it's amazing when you see it coming back to you when something happens in your life.
3: hmm And
2: and then you've got your clients treating you like their family. Yeah. So so there is definitely that feeling and um, we all appreciate it.
3: Yep. When you hurt, they hurt. Same way. That's right. That's (laughs) That's awesome. All right, Misty.
1: (laughs) Well, Lance, how do you stay up to date with the market trends and the changing investment opportunities um, for your clients?
2: So I use chartered financial analysts that develop portfolios for my clients. And we have a range of portfolios once upon a time, many years ago. It started off with just five ETF portfolios, mm-hmm. ranging it with from conservative to aggressive. And over time, that has changed with we've gotten the, we've had more CFAs come on board um, and with, better, with more ideas about different types of portfolios. So everyone brings their own expertise to the table. And then before you know it, you have multiple styles of portfolios available for your clients. So we have grown with the portfolios themselves, they've grown from five portfolios to over 20 portfolios. Some of them are stock portfolios, some are domestic tech stocks, and then uh, international, those are different portfolios. So if you want to be in an international stock portfolio that pays dividends, then that's available to you. If you want to be in just uh, domestic stocks in the United States, would that pay dividends? Then you can be in that as well. And You know, some people are, a lot of people are used to using a uh, stock portfolio or maybe their own basket of stocks that they've chosen and the dividends that come from them um, for for a lot of their lives and maybe a mixture of that and mutual funds. And so they, when they come to an RIA firm and see that we have portfolios already built, uh, that meet their needs in different areas. Whether some people want to be in the energy sector, and we have uh, energy portfolios available to them, um, and so it's really it's really a nice way to be able to meet their needs, um, to come to the table and and listen to what they're saying and what's concerning them, and be able to meet their needs.
1: What kind of regulatory guidelines or industry standards do you have to follow as an RIA?
2: The biggest thing is having a fiduciary responsibility. I have a re- fiduciary responsibility as an RIA to do what's in my client's best interest always. And it's not just something that, you know, you write on the wall and you do it, it's a legal obligation. So if you're going to be an RIA, you better make sure that you're ready for that uh, because it is, a it is a different style of helping people. But I think it's the best way to help people we all are trying to achieve the same thing. We want the accounts to grow. They want their accounts to grow. We want them to grow. And that fiduciary responsibility, um, I don't think I need it. I I don't need it to keep me in line because I would always (laughs) operated like that even before I had that RIA designation. Um, But it is something that I think the industry needs because uh, there are a lot of players out there that you probably shouldn't get involved with.
1: Yeah. And I would imagine that that's one more reason you have to get to know your clients so well Is I, I don't know how you would do that without having that personal connection, right? That's right. So, you know, I have to, to ask this, you talked about the different portfolios. How does Ignite fit into that for your clients?
2: Ignite has been a fantastic addition to what we do because We've always looked at it as trying to put four legs on a stool. Diversification is very, very important. And if you don't diversify, you could go down very quickly. Um, So what we try to do is make sure that people are well diversified and with different types of products. So everybody has social security or a pension or something like that, that they have. Uh, Teachers probably don't get social security as much as they have their teacher's pension, but, you know, you have a guaranteed income type of of a check coming in. And then that's not, but that's never enough now. Once upon (laughs) a time, Social Security might have been enough uh, or maybe one other source, but now it seems like we have to have two or three, maybe even four other sources. So it's important to balance those out so that they're not all working in the same direction at the same time, unless it's going up. Going up and all at the same time is fine. But, like, you know, a great example of that is what's happened recently is that, you know, we came out of this real low interest rate environment that we were in that was very, very challenging for income. You know, if a a senior retired and they were trying to get income and do it safely because they didn't want to risk their money anymore, how do you do that when interest rates are one and 2%? You know, so that that made it very very difficult to address income needs, until you factor in first trust deeds, and then okay. all of a sudden you have another leg on the stool and a very strong income leg. But what I love about first trust deeds is that you can get a really a, a nice aggressive return, what would be considered an aggressive return in the market, but you don't have to have an aggressive level. Of risk, so I I believe first trustees to have somewhere between a, a moderately conservative and moderate risk tolerance. When I address that for my clients, I look at it and you know if we didn't have um, collateral uh, that they had to put up, it would be different. If if Ignite wasn't doing underwriting on these um, potential. Um, companies that wanna want to borrow money. If we didn't have that, we'd have so much more risk. But with that in place, it really helps us to mitigate the risk and bring that what would be an aggressive risk level down to a moderate risk level. And my clients see that, at, that they're getting a 10%, a, an aggressive return for a moderate risk.
1: What should your investors or potential clients know about our collaborative process when when we're working together? We've worked together for a number of years. So what do you want to make sure your clients know about this relationship?
2: You know, when I first started working with Ignite, actually, I, I learned about you guys three years before I actually started using you. I don't think I ever let that one out of the bag. (laughs) Um, But I'm very protective of my clients and my clients' money. So, and I told you I don't do anything really until we guinea pig ourselves. So the first three years was really just kind of watching and talking to my mentor who brought it to me and, and watching how things went, looking at, is there a default? How do they handle the default if there is one? Um, You know, those were some of the things that I was watching for, because it was all new to me and I wasn't going to just haphazardly put my clients into stuff that I wasn't familiar with. So maybe three years was a little bit of overkill, <laughs> uh, a long to wait, but uh, you know, it, it's, I got very, very comfortable with Ignite. And then you saw what happened once I got comfortable with Ignite, we kind of blew the doors off of things and we have lots of our clients enjoying it. So what I, what I, what I can tell you about, having spent time learning about Ignite um, is that I didn't know much about first trustees when I first started working with Ignite and by constantly looking at the things you were putting out um, and the information on each loan and the background on these borrowers. Um, it just, it's, it was like a, uh, a constant <laughs> It was, like, it was like constantly being at school. It was like a learning opportunity. And by taking advantage of that, we were really able to help our clients a lot. The, the way we advise our clients and the way we build portfolios for our clients today is much different than what we used to do. And it's all because of the value that Ignite brings to the table.
1: Well, and you learn as you go. Well, we yeah, well, we three
3: years of risk mitigation. He learned a lot. He sure did that is. process. <laughs> I've never heard of a three-year risk mitigation strategy, but it obviously has has worked out well because we've worked together for a very long time. Yeah, now, so
1: a long time. So, Karen, well, I, I think like
2: also it. I also think that during that time, with with the feedback that we give you as an RIA, I think Ignite probably learned a lot about investor mindset. You know, what are the investors thinking about out there? What's important to them? Uh, Mm -hmm. How important is income? Or, you know, not everybody's taking income from their Ignite uh, uh, money coming in. Some are just letting it come back in and be compound interest. They put it right back in. It goes into another loan, and then we grow that money for them. So during the accumulation phase, if you're still in an accumulation phase and not ready for income, boy, you can really... Play some catch up quickly if you had a couple of mistakes that you made early on, or if you just were late in getting started. First trustees is a great way to catch up without taking too much risk. And, and everybody does this. They they start to say, you hear these conversations all the time about, you know, well, should I should I be taking more risk? I, I feel like I'm behind and I need to catch up. Should I take more risk? And that's not the right way to do investing. You really have to tone that down.
1: Just like you have to get to know your clients and and what they like and their risk tolerance. Well, you're our client, right? So Mm -hmm. we have to have that same relationship with you. Carrie, what would you say has been the biggest learning curve as we're working with RIAs?
3: We've had a couple of learning curves. Um, We work with quite a few now, but I think initially when we first started working with RIAs, um you know they have a fiduciary responsibility to their clients yeah. and although i am not going to say we do because we're not obviously licensed the same way we also act in the same the same capacity with our individual clients to client like basis like what lance
1: said he doesn't need that to absolutely hold himself to that that's, standard. Right. that's right we've always
3: held ourselves to that standard and and you and i have been in the securities world before, and 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 we understand yeah. what it means to be uh, compliant and and regulated and all of those things, and we still are here uh, yes. at Ignite, but the RAs are regulated uh, in a different capacity than we are, mm-hmm. and so you know one of the first things that I think we really internally struggled with was you know, making sure that they really were going to be compliant. Yeah, (laughs) at the same level that in the standard that that we possessed, and they're not all the same, you know, Lance said it very well, when he said, you know, there's, there's a variety of different flavors out there. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) Yes. And, uh, you know, it it took us really navigating through the waters to find out who we wanted to work with as well from the RIA perspective, because their clients do become our clients as well, with a hands off approach yep. to some degree. And so um probably the biggest obstacle was that first. Yeah. And then the second biggest obstacle was they do become both of our clients. And from the RIA's perspective, you know, it is it is their client and they want to control the narrative and that is okay. Yeah. But it was very important for us to make sure that the client understood the risk that was involved in the investment because there is risk in any investment. But specifically with ours, um, yeah. there's a different layer of risk that they maybe have never heard of before with investing with an RIA because the RIA was primarily um, uh, investments were primarily tied to market volatility, mm-hmm. uh, mutual funds, you know, independent groupings of investments, much like Lance is talking about. So to go outside of that box into this alternative world, uh, we just wanted to make sure that we had the opportunity to voice our risk to our investment. So that was probably the biggest, the second biggest, you know, obstacle that we kind of had to overcome. It wasn't something that we experienced with every RIA, the good ones you never do, the ones that do have that fiduciary responsibility and just, uh, that's just what they do. Um, They don't think about it. They know they're regulated to have to do that, but you know, Again, it's it's more of a family. It's more of that type of environment. Um, and then, you know, when defaults happen, that's when you really, really get to know the RIAs. Uh, you know, nothing in investments is perfect right. and we will have defaults. And when we do have defaults, how the RIAs handle those defaults um, is is very telling Uh, because I assure you that not every one of the investments they put their clients in runs smoothly and perfectly. And I can assure you that there's a lot of market volatility that even they can't control. And, you know, as the interest rates continue to pummel downward, um, you know, it became a point of contention where they were wanting to come to us and work with us. And we didn't want to work with all of them um, because they're not all at the same level of, of, uh, standard that that we hold that ourselves, we hold to. ourselves yeah. to. So we had to find RIA's that held themselves to that same standard. So those are probably the three obstacles that we really had to maneuver, and we still do today. Even when RIA's come to us today, we're maneuvering to figure out: Do we want to work with this RIA? You would think anybody who's raising capital like us would say, "Oh yes, you know, knock down our doors, <laughs> come to us." But uh, that's just not how we operate. You know, we, we want to make sure that we're working with, with the right ones.
1: Yeah. Like you said, although we are not licensed fiduciaries, we hold ourselves to that standard. Mm-hmm. We're regulated, of course. I think the biggest challenge with the RA relationships has been um, me. And I'll explain that <laughs> because uh, I insist on talking to every client that comes aboard. And while we've never had this issue um, with you, Lance, or your team, you're more than happy to allow us to do that. Not every RA wants Debbie Downer talking to the client. (laughs) And I do that so they understand the the risks. And when I talk to your clients, they're like, yep, I know. Mm -hmm. Yep. They've already (laughs) talked to me about that, which is fantastic. And that helps us have that comfort um, level with, with groups like like yours. So thank you for that. Yes. Um, I think that's but, yeah. a
2: fantastic thing that you guys do that I, I don't know why anybody would have a problem with that. I think it really kind of solidifies the sale. Um, it gives the, the client a chance to hear you it, right from the, from, from the horse's mouth, so to speak, it gives yeah. them a chance to hear the same things I was saying. They hear it from you and and I don't have a problem with, you check that We kind of jokingly say Ignite's going to check up on us and to make sure that we told you everything that you needed to know about first trust deeds in order to make a decision. So when we when we let them know that that phone call is coming, um, you know, they're prepared for it. And I think yeah. that's I think that's why you get the responses you get from our clients is because they are ready for it. They, they have been informed and you're kind of reiterating all those points. And they appreciate that. I hear it when when they come back in, they say, oh yeah, I said, you get your phone call from Ignite? Yes, we got that (laughs) phone call. It was fantastic. And, you know, so I don't think, I think the clients appreciate it. I appreciate it because I think it really helps our clients stick with the program. Because that's what you really want is you don't Mm -hmm. want to do all this work and then have somebody not stick with the program. And uh, of course they get in and start experiencing those returns and, you know, they look at their statement. And I, I tell people, just look at your transactions page. If there's a dollar figure next to every loan you see listed there, you can put that statement away and you don't have to look at it again for another month. Yeah. And your, mar- your market statement, you might have to look at that next week. If something <laughs> happens crazy in the market, you'll be pulling that back out to see yeah. how much things have changed. So yeah. yeah, it's uh it's it's really beneficial to to do those follow-up calls. I like it.
1: Good. Go I'm, I'm glad for that feedback. Um, because you know, I enjoy actually talking with the clients and I come from a compliance background. So I always think that I'm I'm actually doing the r a as a service, right? Now you've got a another witness that all the disclosures and all the um risk factors have been discussed. So I like to think I do a service.
2: <laughs> exactly, I think you do, and I appreciate mm-hmm. it.
1: What questions do you have for us?
2: Here's a good one. You know, interest rates have changed a lot, so we've mm-hmm. seen that environment change from a one to two percent return in the bank to up around four or five percent. And there are people out there now who, you know, they think there's a little bit of competition for their money, um, and there there probably is. As a matter of fact, if uh, as their advisor, I would help them take some of the risk off the table. I think that you can take some of that stock market risk off the table uh, by utilizing some of the some of the safety stuff with the with new higher rates. But I get questions all the time. People ask me, "Will ignite start uh, giving better returns because interest rates are up?" And are actually asking, "Is ignite going to charge the client their clients more?" So mm-hmm. that investors can make more that's that's mm-hmm. the question right if you read right through the lines yeah and um, and you know and I always explain to them about how valuable having the same 40 borrowers coming back to ignite all the time how important that is and how how much how valuable that is um, to have a track record with the people that you're working with and not having new people asking for loans all the time that you have to be concerned about or do a deeper level of underwriting. Um, We have these kinds of conversations with our clients when they come in about how Ignite works with mostly the same 40 borrowers over and over again and have a great track record. I think that's a, I think that's a big advantage. And uh so I do help them to understand why Ignite may not be charging more to their very valuable clients that they don't want to chase off to somebody else.
3: <laughs> well, I have been getting this question since the minute interest rates started increasing, <laughs> as you can imagine.
2: Sure. So have I.
3: And, yeah. And so, you know, there's a couple there's a couple life lessons that I have learned over my 18 years in this business. And there's, there's two people in this world where I really need to make sure that I am satisfying their desires and their needs when they work with us. And that's our borrowers and our investors, and both equally, because with, without borrowers, there's no need for investors. And without investors, we don't have anything to lend. And so I have to make sure that I am balancing the needs and the desires of both in a a risk adverse environment, right? I, I I am like you, you know, my investors' dollars are treated like my own personal money. And the pandemic taught us something very, very valuable from an Ignite Funding perspective. And that is the relationship that we developed with our borrowers was priceless. Other lenders do not treat their borrowers like we treat our borrowers our borrowers to us are part of our family. Um, Our borrowers come to us when others have done them wrong. When banks stop lending and freeze up because the pandemic happens and they freak out, they lock up their line of credit for their construction financing. Who do they come to? They come to us. Um, And so as we went through that two-year pandemic cycle where almost everybody else in our industry was suffering drastically from borrowers not making their interest payments. I didn't have one borrower interest payment missed in that two-year period. And I know why. It's because they can always depend on us. We're not going to screw around with them. We're not going to jack up interest rates just because everybody else is doing it. Um, we're going to be there when the banks aren't. They know they can come to us. They know our investors are dependable in financing their uh, financing needs in a timely fashion. This, this has developed over years and years and years and years of, of the relationship. I'm not going to say from time to time if a borrower comes to us and says, Gary, I really need this. You know, somebody, it's something fell out, I need this next week. I'm like, that's great, but you're going to pay a higher interest rate (laughs) because I'm going to have to pull something else offline to put you online in order to do that. So in those instances, our investors may see what we're calling a perk loan. And really, that's just because the opportunity is there for me to be able to provide that additional interest without any additional risk. Okay. So, that pandemic taught us something. It Mm -hmm. taught us that those relationships are very, very valuable to us and to our investors, right? Because our investors did not experience some of the things they experienced with other lenders because we didn't have a blip in the map. We just kept going, nothing stopped. So, then comes in the interest rate increase which was, is obviously inevitable um, with, with where the economy was heading and what we needed to do to correct some of, of what was happening. And as those interest rates started increasing, our competitors, who now are back in the market with a 50% default rate on their portfolio from the pandemic, right. are coming back into the market with 14 15 16% interest rates that, quite frankly, borrowers couldn't afford. But they were forced to do it Um, And now they're putting themselves back in a situation where they're just repeating a cycle of a default pattern that I didn't want to experience and I didn't want my clients to have to experience. So we've held tight on our interest rates up to this point. I'm not going to say we will never increase our interest rates, but I also do not lead with fear. Um, I'm not going to just follow what everybody else is doing. I have to look at this from what's in the best interest of our borrowers. So as banks have tightened up and their interest rates have increased, we're now starting to see a margin of uh, an accordion where it's, it's closing in. What that has done for our investors and for our company and for our business model is it's made our investments reduce in risk. Because when borrowers are unable to get that exit or take out financing, Our our 10, 11, 12% is is not a big deal anymore. They have had to adapt to that new environment. And so adapting to that new environment means if we need to extend the duration of our loan, it's not eating into their revenue like it would have when it was at 2%, right? 3% interest rates that they could get takeout financing for. Their takeout financing looks more like eight. So they're utilizing us a little longer Because one, they need to because Bain's locked up again, right? Right. And and it provides that that uh, insulated security around our ability to keep the borrowers making those payments to on the interest for longer periods of time should they need to, and it provides that steady income going back to our investors. So, let's talk about what might happen with interest rates if they go back the other direction a little bit. I do not want to be. Yes. I do not want to be that lender that jacked up those interest rates to 14, 15, 16% and then have the borrower go, you know what? You can take that back Mm -hmm. because I am going to walk away from this because you have taken so much of the revenue out of this project that it's not even worth it for me to have the project anymore. I'm not setting our investors up for failure When we do see a swing in the other direction, and I watch that very closely, obviously, we're all watching it very closely. I want to make sure that we're positioning our borrowers and investors for that nice, soft landing. So, that's the best way I can answer that question for you from before, during, after, um, of how my mind thinks and why I have really stuck to my guns on not messing around with the interest rates yet. Not going to say we never will, but when it was 2%, we were 10%. When it's 5%, we're 10%. I'm doing it for a reason, a very strategic reason to insulate um, the protection of both our borrowers and investors.
2: Well, I know that the feedback for between us, us and you, the RIAs and Ignite is very, very important. I can tell you, I've had these conversations and everybody I've had this conversation with completely and totally understands your position and why you would take the stance that you've taken. So you've done the right thing and people actually appreciate that. And I think that you know everybody who does First Trust Deeds, I think to a certain extent may know somebody else who's doing them and prob- maybe with a different company and mm-hmm. probably hasn't had uh, the same experiences. Maybe they've heard about, you know oh, well, we've got a uh, higher interest rate now because interest rates went up. And then they hear about some of the default problems that they're having. And so uh, I think it's, I think everybody really understands it. Uh, They appreciate it. I've gotten no uh, kickback from it whatsoever. Everybody um, has a great understanding and they they thank me and thank you guys for having that stance and lowering their risk, lowering their risk, because that's the important thing. A 10% return is great but not if yeah. something's going into default. That's right. I'm really surprised at how many people still don't really understand first trust deeds. Mm-hmm. So much so that I really, it's, it's really, a, it's kind of a one-line takeaway for me. Um, because, you, you know, if, if I'm out playing golf and somebody sees me at the golf course and says, hey, how's the, how's the market been treating you and your clients? I bet you're going crazy and your phone's ringing off the hook. I can always tell them, you know, not so much. Our our clients are well diversified, and they have a shining star in their portfolio, and that shining star is Ignite's first trust deeds. And I can say that, and turn and walk away, and they will. Lit- I'll get three steps away, and they're pulling me back. Yeah. So it's a tell great. me more. Great, so it's what great are you talking about? in that conversation, <laughs> and with a potential prospect. Awesome.
3: Yeah. And we have heard that from the RIA perspective, um, you know, utilizing Ignite funding as part of their clients' portfolio, you know, when when the market is and has been at some of its most volatile places uh, over the last couple of years, has really helped them, you know, navigate those uncomfortable waters with their clients because there has been something steady in their portfolio throughout the duration of that period. So the longer that you work with us, the more you realize that stability, that fourth leg, as you're calling it, um, how important it really is. And, um, you know, that's the whole concept behind an RIA is to be able to offer their clients things outside of, you know, just the market, you know, and collateralized investments, different types of investments. And so we do appreciate when RIAs reach out to us Um, wanting to establish that fourth leg or third leg or wherever we fall. Um, There are three-legged stools out there. So there there are (laughs) three-legged
2: stools. And yeah, not
3: quite as sturdy, but
2: (laughs) not quite as sturdy. That's right. But you can still balance a chair on three legs. You you go to two and you're in trouble. (laughs) You are. You definitely are. You know, you think back when the pandemic hit, Uh, Mm -hmm. we were in that low interest rate environment. So everybody's safe stuff was really just barely peeling out any money to them. Yeah, And then all of a sudden the, the market takes this big drop. And, and so the two things that people are looking at most my, you know, the, the safe money and then the at-risk money are both going down at the same time. Yeah. And that's why I say that Ignite was the shining star because, Mm -hmm. you know, When something like that happens, there's not a lot that I, as an advisor, can do to to really help change Mm -hmm. the market. The market's Mm -hmm. upset and it's messing with everybody to a certain degree. Mm
0: -hmm. But if you
2: can have one one or two parts of the portfolio that are working well, you can can work your way through that time. You can keep your income up and Mm -hmm. you can mitigate some of that risk.
3: Agree. Agree. And that, and that's what we have heard. And, and we're glad to have been that uh, third or fourth, fourth leg to many, many RIAs out there. So um, we appreciate the relationship just as much as you do. um, And, you know, hope that we can definitely foster more clients uh, through some, some marketing efforts between the two parties, get some information out there. Um, let, Let them know that, you know, not all RIAs or financial planners or CPAs are scary. They're not. Um, you know, there's, you know, after hearing some of this, it's, it's a relationship. It's, it's a part of your family, um, that you will take with you till the end. Um, and that will be there to help your family, you know, after. And so, you know, RAs, that stigma, the financial planners, the stigma, the CPAs, the stigma that's out there. Um, I think RAs bring that nice blend, um, to kind of round out, um, the necessity that we need as we're moving into, Into retirement, even before, if you give them an opportunity, (laughs) they'll help you before you even get there. So, you know, shout out to you know to you for 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 working with individuals uh, in that capacity. And if any of our clients are looking, you know, for an RA to work with, I can assure you this is a good one. Um, and you definitely should should consider them.
1: Absolutely. Well, Lance, thank you so much for for talking with us today. And my pleasure. we, I'm sure we'll be talking soon, and I, I certainly will be talking to your clients.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank, thank you. you very much. I appreciate it.
3: Appreciate it. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on Deeds in the Desert, where short-term investments meet long-term investors. We hope you enjoyed the content so much that you share it with all your friends. Who doesn't like learning about passive fixed income, right? Still hungry for more education? Visit our website at ignitefunding.com. Or if you're ready to take the leap and start investing, give us a call at 702-761-0000 and schedule a free investor consultation.